Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Fright Talk. Today is August 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we are live. You're listening live to the Fright Talk, guys. This is Billy B.J. Jones, and with me is... Nadine Tash. And we're the Fright Talk, guys, and we are delighted to have you join us today for this exciting episode. And at any time you'd like to call us during this live podcast, you may do so at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347 347- 539-5372. And I know you're not going to be shy on these other options, but we still got to give them. If you'd like to inbox us with your questions, comments, or requests, you have a few options. You can send them to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com or on Nadine Tabs' Instagram, ntabs, which is N-T-A-B-S-C-H, or at our Fright Talk Guys Instagram, which is spelled the way to sound. Nadim, how are you doing today? I'm good, my friend. I'm exhausted. It's been a busy <laughs> two weeks since the last show. I'm I'm Indeed. pretty exhausted, but I am I'm exhausted. But now I got an adrenaline adrenaline uh, juice here because uh, we have our show tonight, and that always gives me a uh, that always gives me a lot of energy. And how are you? I'm doing splendidly and super excited about this episode. Because it's something that we've been, you know, looking for. You know how you get those topics on our schedule and we're like, oh, that one's coming up. I can't wait till we get to that one. We get to that one. And here we are today, folks. I'm super excited. It's almost our time of year, Nadim. In a few days, it will be September, getting us closer to our season, folks. So we're super excited. Super excited. And our our show topic today, just to bring the occasion, and it's, it's about exorcisms. An exorcism is the attempt to expel an evil spirit from an individual or a place. What qualities create the atmosphere for an exorcism to occur? Additionally, are they even real? Films and some with record-breaking sales continue to focus on the phenomenon. So we hope that you'll join us tonight and share your experiences via the options that we presented, presented previously. And Billy, you know, this, uh, this episode in particular, I think that, I mean, a lot of people, when they think exorcism, they think of the film, The Exorcist, yep. right? That's right. That, that comes to mind because it's a horror classic. But what people don't realize is that exorcisms occur to this day, and it occurs all over the world. And the number of uh, exorcisms that are performed are actually quite high. Um, you know, we did our research, as we always do. For this topic and what we found is that it is a very common practice and i think it's more common than what people think and i know in the in the description that you mentioned billy you talked about how it's people or places and i think that that's very important too because a lot of times i think people only associate exorcism with individuals 
But then it could also be uh, trying to rid evil from a specific location as well. Indeed. And also, I'm glad you mentioned the idea of, of the time order. I mean, this, exorcisms are not culturally bound, folks, or even religiously bound. But it's safe to say that even religiously, there are many groups from Buddhism um, to obviously the Christianity and Catholicism, which reign supreme with, with exorcism, and, and also the interpretations of what we think they are and what they encompass today. But also Muslim community, Islam community also has it. The Muslim community has it as well. And a few other um, Hindu as well. So there are many categories of exorcism. And in our research in, in, in doing this, yes, we'll, we'll get to the film stuff tonight, folks. But I just want to share something that I thought was super interesting. There are certain communities like in Hinduism where they actually take the, there's almost like this appeasing of the spirit. You know, this it, it's not as dark as we see it in certain other belief systems. And right. so there's this idea that the human soul, you know, if it is possessed, that there is almost like this compromising with the human soul to explain and mantras and in and, and, and these other um, traditions that are used to help, you know, make the make peace and make the evil forces and devils tremble in fear. And so I thought it was very interesting that was a take, conversely, what we see perhaps in Christianity and Catholicism, which really right. demonizes it even more. Correct. Correct. And I mean, when we associate with an exorcism is expelling a demon, right? right. That's, what we, that's, what we, that's the connection that we make in our minds. And we know that it's usually associated with Catholicism, but you're absolutely right. There is no one particular religion or belief system that has a lock or patent um, on exorcisms in particular. I think that when we see films, the Catholicism exorcism part is what's a little bit more glorified, but you have shamans and so on and so forth that also perform exorcisms as well in their own cultural systems. Judaism even has the Tunadim where there is a, a Kabbalah who actually performs it as well. And an interesting fact that I came across that uh, according to this, 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 this website that I'm looking at currently, it says, United States by the 18th century, uh, um, they were, well, hold on, requested and performed exorcism began to decline in U.S. by the 18th century and occurred rarely until the latter half of the 20th century when the public saw a sharp rise due to the media attention exorcisms were getting. So it's just like anything else. Would you agree, Nadine? People, like, I remember when Paranormal Activity came out and all of a sudden they said that the sales for video cameras went up, they skyrocketed because everyone wanted to put a camera on them as they were sleeping. And so, you know, the same applied perhaps with the films that we know about that we've come to enjoy or become cult, um, you know, pulp classics where people see it, then they begin to, you know, engage with it and you see these spikes of an interest in it or claims of it. So, folks, we're not here to dismiss or dispel it. What we are doing is looking at this phenomenon through several lenses to see what we can un unearth as a result. Oh, absolutely. And, and obviously, you know, in all, uh, all the shows we do, Billy, we never knock anybody's individual belief system um, at all. Rather, we embrace it, right, because we want to make sure that we are not neglecting anybody else's, right? So we don't only want to say that exorcism are only performed in, by the Catholic Church because that's simply not true. Right. So I think it's important. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's important to, to note that 
And also note that exorcism are still pretty prominent today. I, I think what it is, Billy, would you agree that maybe because of the film or maybe because of the topic itself, would you agree that the topic itself of exorcism in real life scenarios are a bit taboo? They are because no one wants to talk about no one wants to discuss the things that go on in the darker reaches of family or personal relationships. Because to, to, to expel one or to deal with an exorcism, you have to invite the public in. And so that means inviting them into your, your space, your living, and also into your family circumstance. Because as much as they're there, you know, there to dispel the evil from the possessed person, there still is a backstory. And, and just like any investigator would, I would assume those who are the, ex, the folks who are exorcists who, 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 who expel these things, I'm sure they do their homework on the family story because there could be other factors that attract this energy, this negative energy to possess this person. But also, too, I always wonder, it's, I guess an exorcism automatically and all the things that we've seen, Nadine, they're all evil. They're evil, spirit, evil spirits, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, what if someone were possessed by a good one? I'm always wondering... So I guess it's not an exorcism because you don't want to get rid of the good spirit if you want to get if, – if, if, if it's doing good in the world. But I'm assuming there must be indicators that people are saying. Like there was a story um, of a woman who lived in New England here in America back about in the 80s, and it was claimed that she was um, possessed by the devil. And she was a young woman in her late, late teens, almost 20, and they said that she started exhibiting several behaviors that were extreme, babbling in tongues – speaking in a language that she knew no, you know, no foreign language of, you know, there were different skin conditions and things that they, you know, that she exhibited that indicated that something was wrong, whether scientifically or religiously or belief system, let's just say, not even religious, belief system wise, they could not explain other than the fact from a belief system that something was taking hold of her. Right. Right. And, you know, I think, Here's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. If it's to the point where somebody needs an exorcism, it is because they are not having a pleasant experience. And so that spirit that they, they need the exorcism for is obviously, um, you know, in a lot of cases, it doesn't let the person live their life. Um, they become a different person. And we've seen a lot of stories, and there's a, a bunch on the Travel Channel um, stories that you can see as well, uh, that... Sometimes somebody will go somewhere to a haunted house or something like that. And when they leave that haunted house, mm-hmm. you know, in some cases, they bring something back with them. Mm-hmm. And that you, you bring in that, that exorcism or that exorcism is needed because you brought back that, let's call it that juju from wherever you visited. Mm, that's a very good point. And that explains why some people don't like going on those you know, haunted trips and those trails right. and all those visits, you know, because some people, I always feel this and tell me, Nadim, you agree with this. I only allow what attract to anything to attract to me, what I want to attract itself to me, meaning whatever I put out in the universe, it'll attract itself to me. And whatever I don't, it's, it's just going to repel. And so I think those who are the ones who are more fearful, the more fearful you are, then probably you're also more of a, a you increase the chances of the circumstance of it occurring to you because you're attracting it. You're allowing that the fear to win that this could happen to you. But, you know, when I, I, when, I, when I was doing my research earlier this week on this, when I looked up, I said, let me look up some of the films, you know, classic films that are about exorcisms. Uh-huh. There were some films on that list, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, that I thought were just 
I'm like, is that an exorcism? How on earth is that an exorcism? So as I was looking at, you know, thinking about the, the plot of certain films, which I'll name, you know, as we're discussing, I'd love to get your opinion on that because at the end of the day, maybe we're looking at exorcism through the lenses of how it's been portrayed on film so much that it makes any other alternatives to, or, or, or I shouldn't even say alternatives, um, types of exorcisms that are normal look abnormal. And right. so I'm very curious to, you know, as we go through this, I, I wrote a couple down. I, I just can't believe that. I was like, that's an exorcism? But then I guess you, and I know you'll probably give me another point of view, but I'm like, that, I don't know if that's an exorcism, but it's definitely worth chatting. And I know, folks, that we're chatting live. We're almost 15 minutes into our show. You're listening live to me, BJ Jones, and the Dean Tabs. And if you want to call us, call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347 347- 539-5372. We give this number out, but we know many of you don't like to call us, but you love to inbox us. So thank you for that nonetheless. <laughs> Everyday folks, listen at gmail.com, writetalkguys at gmail.com, or frighttalkguys on Instagram or in tabs are your options on Instagram as well to reach us. Thank you. And you know, Billy, I do have uh, quite a few questions okay. over here on my side coming in from our listeners and and a lot of listeners sent in questions earlier as well. And so we're going to get a get to some of those. I just want to make sure that we have enough time to get to all these wonderful <laughs> questions that we got coming in here. Um, and the first question I'm going to go to is Rob. And Rob says, what do you guys think are the common elements that tie all exorcism movies together? Mm. So he's not asking about exorcisms in general. He's specifically talking about movies. Mm, that's a good question. I would say one of the of the movies, there always seems to be this pro female protagonist, a female protagonist. It's predominantly the 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 possesses always some young woman. Um, if I had to be more specific, she's culturally of you know she's white, off you know in some in many cases. And there is some story. They always seem to start where the exorcism is, and then there's a prequel. <laughs> there's the back, the back logging or the backtracking to where it all began. Um, some jump, you know, some eventually arrive at it, like the exorcism actually arrives at it as a, net, a regular plot. So I find out one thing is that they're always women. Two, there is a strong under, um, overtone of Christianity or Catholicism in the versions that we see here. I mean, you get the crucifixes, you get the, the stigmata, such as the movie Stigmata, uh, examples of that as well, where the, you know, the, the woman or the child, the girl, is, is so victimized in, to such an extreme that I think that's what tears at us because it's a child or a woman. And right. not to say that we think one is weaker of a gender than another, but it does reinforce the idea women endure pain even stronger, I feel, than men at times. It just reinforces all the innocence, why this poor innocent soul is being victimized. So I find that to be one of the common elements that I see among a lot of the movies. What do you think, Nadine? Well, I think in a lot of the movies, you have the priest. Uh-huh. I think that the priest is a, is a staple in the exorcisms. And I'm going to say Catholic priest, uh, not like voodoo priestess, like mm-hmm. Catholic I believe that that is a a staple. I also believe that um, a lot of times the exorcisms performed, when they're performing the exorcisms, they're in Latin because it's believed by the Catholic Church that the devil, that Latin is the language of the church and the devil does not like the language. 
mm-hmm. right? So um, I think you got that. I agree with you. You always have a, it's usually a woman, uh, usually younger, because you want that, or the, the filmmakers want that vulnerability factor. And I believe that those tie-ins, and then also you have the speaking in tongues. Yeah. Well, that's part of it as well. Um, exorcisms in the movies are typically at night and not during the day for whatever reason. If you think about the movies, you start realizing that the exorcisms take place a lot of times at night. Mm-hmm. So I think you have a lot of those same common elements to make a recipe for what the basics are when it comes to an exorcism in film. You know, Deem, I just thought of something else, too. Geographically, they always seem to take place in in, 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 in smaller towns, yeah. not in the South. I mean, if they are in the South, it's in a small South. They're, right. you know, very rural communities where everyone knows everyone, which means the reality of this circumstance is even more prevalent. You know, it plagues the, the community. And also the, the people who are doing the expelling, like the main person, the clergy, is usually a male. So there's a strong yeah. male presence fighting yeah. this evil. He's usually middle-aged or older um, yeah. um, as well. And I would also say that in some of the movies, I don't know if the woman or child or girl is saved all the time. I question that because there, there have been casualties in a few instances when we hear that. But in most cases, we see that obviously the exorcism had to work. It had to have been successful. So the evil was expelled. And so, yeah, I, I, those are, that was a really good question because it makes you start thinking about the different ties, even though I see them all the same. Can I ask you this, Nadine? Do you, sure. can you, besides The Exorcist, is there another ex- exorcism movie that you can recall plot very well that is different from The Exorcist? Uh, well, Stigmata, which is one of my favorite. Stigmata, right, which is old school, folks, yeah. Oh, yeah, Stigmata's fantastic. And a movie that's actually not that old, it came out in 2011, that I felt was very underrated was The Right with Anthony Hopkins. That's right. I didn't even think of that. Where he the priest, um, and he does the exorcism, and eventually he yeah. becomes, oh, spoiler alert, eventually he becomes possessed, right? And so yeah. I that, that movie was very underrated, and it was really, really good as well. And both of them are not the traditional types of exorcism, because in that movie, in the right, you have mm-hmm. the priest, who, who are the ones performing the exorcism, actually getting possessed. That's right. That's right. That's a very good example that really takes a different flip on this whole notion of exorcism. I also think the idea of an eminent evil, that the evil is, obviously we know that it is, it's often devil-like when you look at it from Christianity or Catholicism, which is most of the cases. So you're looking at Lucifer or Satan as the entity that has begun to become the incarnate in the human form and this innocent person. And obviously the person has to be innocent. Or, you know, because the innocence reinforces the weak. I'm always wondering if there was an, uh, and I'm trying to think of even in the original Exorcist, Exorcist, I don't know if that family was religious. You know, because I always wonder, like, if that played, if they were more, the more religious you are, are you more attracted to these things? Or if you're more, if you're a non-believer, you know, if we go to Dante's Inferno, then the non-believers are the screw, most screwed, right? So then I'm wondering, right. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering, like, what other factors made the devil say, I choose you, <laughs> You know, right. for this option, right. or the devil—not just the devil—it could be one of his minions, the, the de- you know, a demon as well. Yeah, that was a great question. Very good question. Yeah, very good. And the demon, I got one for you. Listen to this. So Mario writes, 
I've learned that there are some interesting exorcism rituals around the world in different cultures. Do you all know, do you guys know any? And if you do, can you share a few? Uh, thank you for the question, Mario. Appreciate it. So we, I think the one that is the, the Catholicism one, I think is very easily explored, right? So you get the priest who comes in, you know, they do a little sign of the cross. They read the, they read from the Bible. Um, they throw holy water, right? Um, I believe it's different for um, shamans. Shamans mm-hmm. have a completely different ritual, right, that encompasses, because remember, the shamans, they're not necessarily, they're not reading from a Bible, right? So I believe that that's different as well. And I think, how can I put it? I believe that the Catholicism exorcisms are very um, generic. Let me say, let me put it that way. Whereas uh, perhaps in other cultures, it's a little bit more detailed as well. What do you mm-hmm. think? We know we I obviously do. know the Catholicism one, but what else do you got there in mind when it comes to shamans or other cultures? So in Islam, there is this sheikh. The sheikh is the one who performs these exorcisms. And often the person, um, so, you know, the person who's possessed is, is requested to lie down. They offer, the sheikh puts this, this um, puts hands, lays hands on the person, reads and recites from the Quran, although that may not necessarily be the case. The other aspect is making them drink certain blessed liquids, such as holy water and things like that, and wearing other kinds of things as well. One thing that I thought was super interesting about this is, though, the idea, though, that, you know, the, that in Judaism, Muhammad and also Jesus, they both perform exorcism rites within their religious uh, context. And so I thought it was very neat that they would actually do these things. Now, the goal here when they're doing this ritual is to, like, ask for God's assistance. Like, you know, and, you know like just like the I think that what we would see in, a, in American versions or English versions of exorcisms, there is this, you know, reciting or recanting some lines to expel the demon. And so, but this is different in Islam where there's, like, there's an actual pray to, you know, to, to their deity or God to, to really help the situation, to show honor and to really push through. So it's almost as if, yeah, the person's possessed, but God, 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 you know, we, you got this. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? There's such right. a direct focus there that the evil is, is, is ignored, which in a way kind of encourages its absence or exiting. So I thought it was very interesting that it had more of a focus as a treatment rather than a ritual. I thought that was super cool. Right. And also uh, Tibetan Buddhism. So they uh-huh. actually have a day where it's exercising the ghost day. And so it's, it's oh, a tradition. Cool. And um, it's held as an offering um, on the 29th and the 12th of the Tibetan month. So the whole point about it is driving out negativity and trying to drive out evil spirits and trying to drive out misfortune. And so what they do is in the temples and the and the monasteries, they do like these religious dance ceremonies. Um, they also have the, like the families will clean their homes and they'll decorate their their they'll decorate the rooms. They'll um, carry torches as well, calling out the words of exorcism. And I believe they also drink a special soup on that day. Butt mm. um, like yes. So, mm-hmm. so they you know it, it is. I mean, to be honest with you, Mario, there's so many different, because there's so many 
a variety, a splendor of cultures. That was, you know, Billy mentioned one, I mentioned another, just to give you a taste. But I encourage you to research these topics on, on your own only because there's so many of them and they're different for every culture. And I think each one is interesting and they all have their own significant reasons behind why they do the exorcisms the way that they do. For example, in Buddhism, it sounds more that it's traditional. You're doing it whether there's something going on or not. So, Nadeem, if, if we had, we know someone, let's say, and hopefully this never happens, but we know of someone who has been possessed, mm-hmm. like, would you even know where to even start, like, to go and find, like, an exorcist? I mean, granted, we could Google this. I'm assuming if that might be a case, right. but I'm always wondering our local, because if, even if you Google it, they may not be local. So how many churches, I always ask, how many churches actually get these kinds of calls, right? I'm, right. I'm so curious to know that. And if they, you know, or is it something that they may not even want to talk about because it only pushes or promotes the fanatical, the fanaticism of this stuff, right? Because there may be some skeptics within that, within the priesthood, within the clergy that may say, this is not real. And it only, um, it just only exaggerates the belief, uh, a belief system. But I would think that, you know, when I watched, I remember in The Exorcist, you know, they went and they, they sought this person. Conversely, right. as the movie The Conjuring. So that was one of the movies, Nadine, right. that was on the list of, um, which I agree would be an exorcist, you know, exorcism, obviously. But the people who arrived were not necessarily clergy, right? Remember the couple? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the couple that goes around that, I believe it's still alive right. today, that, you know, with their, their, their room of like, um, you know, possessed things. Because people, you know, often it's not only people who are possessed when you look at exorcism. It could also be a place, and that was described in our description of this show. There could be locations that are also contaminated or possessed as well. There could be objects that are, you know, contained. And so you can purge a person. There is a connection. We can somehow purge a person, but a person who is more possessed could be more deadly, I guess. But then an object could be too, right, Nadine? Or a place, right. I think it's just as lethal because I can go to a place and there's a problem, or I can inherit or find an object that can bring me bad luck or create bad challenges. So I just thought it was important to say that we do have other notions of exorcism and people in, in, in religious-based you know, systems. I mean, how many times do we know, Nadine, people who, um, when they get a new house, they sage it? Oh, absolutely. Is that a form of an exorcism? You know, like, is that, like, could it be, right, that you're, like, you're, you're, you're purging a space? of evil or unnecessary energy. So these are all thoughts, folks, that are so significant. So our show is more than just about the human possession. There are other aspects, too. No, absolutely. And I agree with you, Billy. A possessed home or a home with an evil entity could be significantly more dangerous than somebody who is, you know, possessed themselves. I mean, I think both are, are pretty dangerous, but there are many, many stories out there where there are homes that are, homes and places that are not homes, abandoned churches, so on and so forth, that have, what's believed to have, evil entities as well. And Mm -hmm. so uh, it's not limited to individuals. And, you know, you were asking about where would even somebody go to look. I would assume you would Google it. But I think to myself, Billy, I wonder if it's one of those things where if you sought somebody out, somebody, you know, whoever is with that religious organization, if you saw somebody else out, would it be one of those things of, well, I don't know, I can't do it, 
but I know somebody who might help you. And I know that sounds very, uh, like, yeah. movie and book-like, but you got to think that that's also a possibility as well. Official, that is true. Official type of thing. <laughs> yeah, word of mouth. <laughs> word yeah. of mouth still works. <laughs> that's right, because I don't think you can find Exodus on Groupon. We <laughs> <laughs> have a question here for you from Lisa, and this comment comes in through the Facebook social media from Lisa. Lisa says, I saw The Exorcist when I was a kid, had screaming nightmares for a week, and my mom had to wake me up. I prefer comedies now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, we still love the scary stuff. I, I can watch The Exorcism today and not be as impacted by it as I did when I was a child. It freaked me the hell out. That and, and, and Night, of a, Night of the Living Dead. I don't know why those two scared me so badly. I was also looking at them, you know, I was barely two digits old. So I get why this could be overwhelming. And, but I will say this, you know, watching, you know, you know I, I have to say, I know this is wrong, but what Linda Blair was saying, some of those words she was spitting out at 16. What? Like she was saying some lines that would make me roll today. Like, I mean, just crazy stuff. But I heard, Nadine, that during the time of this film, when it came out, people were fainting in, the, in, in leaving the, 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 oh, wow. the, the movie theaters. And it was like an extreme, like, um, in the fascination as well as panic. You know, people were yeah. really impacted by this in different ways because Hollywood hadn't shown something so intense since Alfred Hitchcock and Shirley Jackson's The House of Haunted Hill, perhaps, and, and Psycho. This was different, and, you know, and, and it also had special effects that were really good for its time to really make the message even more impactful. Yeah, I agree with you. I believe it was ahead of its time for sure. It and was. I watching it now, I wouldn't be as uh, – and I want you to know I haven't seen the movie itself in a long time, but I saw it once. <laughs> but, I, you know, now you see a lot of times on social media – they show a lot of the behind the scenes in horror movies and kind of, especially for the exorcist where they show how things were flying around the room and so on and so forth. And when you kind of see the behind the scenes, when you kind of peek behind the curtain, it's not as scary as it once was. And I know that there's different films that will freak you out as a kid and then you're older and they're not as scary. The original it movie freaked me out when I was young. Yeah. I mean, it really did. And then seeing it as an adult is like, okay, there's still there's definitely still a creep factor there. However, mm-hmm. even though there's still a creep factor, it wasn't as scary as I recall it being when I was a kid. Nadima, funny, uh, just as an aside, two years ago at Halloween Horror Night, I went through the actress's house. And I'm sorry, Universal, it, out of the 10 houses, it was my least favorite. You know right. why? Because I was expecting, I don't know why, like, it did everything. It followed the movie storyline so well, but I just felt like by the time I got there, it was like, oh, okay. I, you know, maybe I would have been better if the girl, instead of it being an animatronic that was spitting her head on the bed or sticking to the ceiling, and there was a real person, like, being the priest at that moment. But it just wasn't so scary. And so, and I guess now, because, you know, today's kids, you know, or young youngsters, they see these things and they're like, oh, that's nothing compared to the things we could do today. But right. when you really appreciate true authentic horror or classic horror, you have to strip away the construct of what we see today and look at it for what it was worth in the time it was created. So hats off to the creators of that film. I agree. But, you know, I want to say this, Billy, I'm going to, on a little side note here, I feel that a lot of the, I feel that there's a younger generation 
that are, are are more fearful of certain horror movies that think that certain horror movies to them are scary. And I see it as an adult, and I'm like, I don't think I would have. It would have been scary to me when I was that age, like Annabelle. I don't see, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't see anything scary about that movie, even though it's supposed to be a horror movie. And I think that there's a younger generation that's like, ooh, the Annabelle movie, like that ain't scary. <laughs> I mean, at least I didn't think it was. <laughs> I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I got one for you to do. Max writes, do you guys think exorcisms are an extension of mental illness? Science and belief systems sometimes collide. Oh, what a great question, Max. And Max is always asking these great questions to us. I know. Um, do I believe exorcism is a form of mental illness? I do not. I don't. I don't think so. Um, can it be? Sure. But I don't think it is. I think that mental illness is one thing. And People who, you know, feel that they're they're in an evil presence is something completely different. And um, I don't believe that those two things are are intertwined. I think that um, I think that exorcisms are obviously painted in a more fanatical way, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's related to mental health uh, issues at all. I just think it's, uh, to me those are two completely different uh, entities. What do you think, Billy? So, uh, you know, there are some interesting views. So when you look at people who have psychosis or Tourette's or epilepsy, or individuals who've had, you know, a placebo effect, there are mm-hmm. some suggestions or there are some cover- there are some similarities between an exorcism and individuals who ex- exhibit extreme traits with those issues. And so I can see how if, if you're living in a non-modern time like ours, how those things, even, you know, people with special needs or issues were seen as um, they were ostracized, they were outcast, outcasted. I could see how there could be that misunderstanding. But the difference here is this. In science, we treat people, right? In mm-hmm. exorcisms, we expel demons or you expel something evil from a place. And so as a result, the symptoms may be similar, there is a fine line between the two worlds, Max. And I think that mental illness, I mean, if you see someone on Flocka, I'll use an example, Max, here in Miami. Remember the guy that ate the guy's face, Nadine, on the Rickenbacker yeah. a few years yeah. ago? Because yeah. he was on Flocka. I mean, who on the earth would go and attack another person and be ca- who's living and cannibally attack them? And so that could be seen or deemed, you know, demon-possessed, right? But then, you know, then, 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 then if we take it from that perspective, what can put someone so much that they inherit and in, 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 in ingest something so much to make them become something extreme? I don't know. But I will tell you this. That's why they give those labels on all these things that we have around us that are poisonous that we shouldn't inhale them or take them in. So we don't yeah. know what things can affect people. And each of us, have, we have different DNA makeup. So there's no telling how much of what we can can have impact at certain levels. I think this question is just great because it's one match that we really can't answer, but it only helps us ponder further. I completely agree with you. And folks, just a reminder, you can always call in at 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. You can always inbox us your questions at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com. And of course, you could always DM us directly 
uh, N Tabs, that's N T A B S C H, or at Dr. Billy Jones or at Fry Talk Guys on Instagram. Billy, I have a question here for you from Stacy, and I'm going to bring up this question because you had mentioned it uh, before. So Stacy mm-hmm. says, people don't realize it, but The Conjuring is an exorcism themed movie. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah. Did we ever talk about this before, Adine, in our oh, yeah. in our time together? Oh, yeah. I think yeah, we yeah. did. So, okay, so I get confused with The Conjuring because there's so many, like, spinoffs from The Conjuring. There's a doll, there's a nun. Like, there are all these things <laughs> that kind of make me, like, I guess cringe a little bit out of it. I thought The Conjuring was great in its original time. I saw it at the movie theater, Stacey. It was so good because we hadn't seen anything like that. And it also stood out differently from The Exorcist. I thought it was different. It was just different. It brought in also a true storyline of two individuals who spent, who have spent their entire careers finding and helping people with these situations, whether humans are contaminated or spaces contaminated or objects that are contaminated. So I thought that was very different, and it took something that was real and made it um, a, 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 a cult, a, a pulp classic. So I, I liked it. Do you? Did you like the film, Nadine? So one of the last times, and it was, this was months ago already, we spoke about the film. I hadn't seen it at that time. And I did see it. And I did enjoy it. I have not seen the spinoffs that people are crazy about. Because I know the nun is supposed to be connected there. Yeah. Annabelle is supposed to be connected there, right? So I haven't seen all of those subs movies and I'm gonna be honest with you I have zero interest in seeing Annabelle but uh, only because it looks ridiculous and not in a good way uh, but the conjuring itself I thought was very good and just yes it was what a great name for a movie right for a horror movie mm-hmm. the conjuring you're conjuring something up or a witch is conjuring something I, I just thought it was a great name but yes I, I liked it very much is it exorcism themed yes it is it's definitely exorcism themed and also so are other films that I believe are exorcism themed and then are not kind of given that credit for being exorcism themed, even though they actually are. Just remember, folks, you don't need to have exorcism in the name for it to be an exorcism movie. Correct. There was a movie. Do you remember the movie Nadine called An American Horror Story? And it was based on, I think, Sissy Space. Wait, Sissy Spacek? No. I'm trying to remember. Was it Sissy Spacek? But she played the Bell family, and the Bell family was cursed. And right, 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 right. Yeah. I thought it was such a good movie. I saw it at, saw it at the movie theaters. I'm wondering, is that, but I, it's not on the list that I came across of films that have exorcist themes. Family was possessed. The land they were on was cursed. And then right. people were dying. Things were happening. So to me, that the difference is, I guess, no one came to get rid of it. There was no, no other force that was strong against the family. They just succumbed to whatever happened because it was their manifest destiny. Does that make sense? Uh, I thought yeah. was, so I guess that's what make, doesn't make it an exorcist. But it's so on the fence. It te- it's teetering on the fence of being exorcist-like because of that demonic um, possession on the land, the curse that they received. So I thought yeah. that was interesting. Very interesting question, Stacey, and... Thank you for asking about The Conjuring. One more thing, just you know, quickly on The Conjuring. The Annabelle, see, the thing is, and I agree with Nadine, this thing about the doll being possessed, but when the doll's possessed, there's really like some lady ghost running around that's yeah. inside the doll. That's what you get to see in the film. And I was so annoyed by that. I was so annoyed 
I just didn't see it. But then you asked some of my younger cousins, they thought it was the scariest thing. And I'm like, well, you think that's scary. And we're not going to go there where we could with some of the more interesting classics that we've already covered on the show. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with you. Nadine, check it out. Steven wants to know, have you guys heard of exorcisms that involved a male being possessed? Well, I will say that I have seen um, quite a few documentary shows in Mm -hmm. which the males are possessed, in which, remember I mentioned this earlier, that somebody would go to a location and then bring something back with them. And in the stories that I've seen, it's mainly, it's mainly males that bring back something with them, not necessarily females. Uh, uh, you know, I know the movie is, is portrayed as females, but in the stories I've seen, it's mainly males that bring back some bad juju from somewhere, or they go somewhere that is heavily possessed or haunted, and then they, they, they feel something while they're there as well. So I would I would make the argument that I think that in those stories that I've seen, um, it's mainly males, but when it's the movies, it seems to be mainly females. Now, I'm not saying it can't affect both equally, because it can. I'm just saying based upon the stories that I've seen. Mm, good point. Very good point. I'm not, Stephen, for me, I can't recall. I've seen some documentaries of so, such, too, as well. What the, dean is, uh, the, what the dean says is true, but the only documentary I saw was a male, <laughs> like, to right. the dean's point. I will say, though, that would be interesting, Hollywood or Stephen, you know, for us to see some short films and things like that. In fact, maybe I'll do that tonight. When I'm in bed, I like to look at short films. I like to watch my horror scary stuff. It could be 11 o'clock at night. I love it at dark. Um, It's on my iPad. I'm in the bed and I'm under the covers. I don't know why. I just love doing it. I know I'm crazy. But the point is, it's my thing. And I will tell you that might be something I'll look up because I'm curious to see if there are some other spinoffs. And I'm sure there am. Uh, There are. But I will say this. The ones that I've seen there was one movie, Nadine, where this girl, is it Emily Rose? I can't remember which one. Oh, yeah, this is Emily Rose. Is there one where the girl gets, like, this necrophilia? And I'm trying to remember if that was the film or maybe another. But the point is, it was so disturbing. And I was like, okay, enough. I mean, now it only, like, it promotes the perversion of men, right, over right. This, this. Maybe I'm confusing the film. But anyhow, it's just when we get to that extreme where you have to sexualize the exorcism, you know, yeah, they could say one thing, but if they start doing the other, but then again, the devil, if it's looking at Catholicism or Christianity, the devil is a sin attractor so or a sin producer. So makes sense in that regard. It just, I think it becomes just over the top or campy when it's done wrong. Just a thought. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Lubna, this is from our social media feed on Facebook. Lubna says she's never seen The Exorcist. She said, never watched it, too scared. I was scared by the marionette in Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> dolls are creepy anyhow, Luna. They, I, maybe we need to cover dolls. I don't think we've done that yet. Doll, like, you know, they got that stupid jigsaw. Like, that's not I'll kick it. That's not scary. You know what I mean? The little, You know what I'm talking about? The little jigsaw on the bicycle? I never thought that yes. that was Oh, every time he would ride in from on, in the saw movies, I would crack up. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, "What is that?" You know. But the the marionette idea. There was a movie. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was Tales from the Hood, where they were marionettes, like they were little slave dolls that were under the house, and there was a guy who owned the plantation. Remember that scene? Yes, that was a, yes, that yes. Was a cool idea. That, that was, was a cool concept. Yes. 
or the other one was Puppet Master. Now, Puppet Master pushes Puppet things Master, to a yeah. whole other level, too. So, Luna, I can understand your issues being scarred by marionettes. But then when you look at these other marionettes that have occurred, like in the movie Puppet Master, what, to me, what a cool concept um, to watch. There were certain ones that were in that movie. I'm like, oh, gosh, that one looks really crazy. That's the one with the little saw on his head. And like, it was just so, so different. So we don't see those today. But I'm able, if you're, if for folks, and this is not, not that we're getting paid through Shudder, but maybe Shudder, you can sponsor us. You should watch it on Shudder, though, folks, because I've seen a lot of these, these classics are available. If you've never seen them, you should go check them out and look at a little preview clip on YouTube because everybody's stealing stuff and putting it there too as well. True. True. <laughs> Adeem, I got one for you. This one's from Unknown. Um, when someone is considered a zombie, is that a form of exorcism? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so because... The, in my opinion, the idea of zombies is that they're dead already, whereas in exorcism, you're trying to remove a spirit off of something that's already living, other than, of course, if we're talking about a location. I don't feel zombies fall into that category. Like, for example, if I were to think of the movie Amityville Horror, and we're thinking mm-hmm. about the Amityville Horror, well, not just the movie, the stories of Amityville Horror, we're talking about a house that's haunted. At some point, did they try to get some form of exorcism in mm-hmm. that? I don't recall. But hmm. that, I think haunted houses would be clo- more closely related to exorcism is my point. But zombies, I don't think so because zombies are already dead. And the whole point of an exorcism is to try to save a soul or to try to cleanse the location. What do you think, Billy? Oh, that's true. Because I was thinking zombies are like, oh, these are people who are possessed. I'm like, no, they're dead. They're, we're, they were they're awakened. Dead, right. <laughs> right. They, right. Were, we awake, they were awakened. And so, and that is what's driving them to like, and when they're awakened, they're feeding off of the living, right? Which is also right. another extreme, that's the whole cannibalism thing. So they are different, um, unknown um, colleague or caller or emailer. <laughs> I will say this though, you made me think of the classic movie from the late 80s, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Which is um, which yeah. is which was made in the you remember this Nadim? It was made in the eighties, based in in Haiti. Yep. Um, had this whole voodoo aspect to it. So is a voodoo priest or a um, what do they call it in um, and a centero? Are they yeah. examples of exorcists? Right. Some could say because they have this ability to connect and commune with both worlds. There they could be because they could be possible. They know the ways or customs to get rid of a problem. But I'm not, I agree with Nadim. A zombie is not. I, it, that would be a far stretch. Yeah, I agree. I agree that it is, zombies are not. And then that particular movie, when I was a kid, Billy, I saw it in that movie that you're talking about, The Serpent and the Rainbow, freaked me out. It freaked me out, too, because I didn't know what was going on. There was a lot going on, and there was a lot of, like, cultural appropriation, too. Now that I think about it. Like, you start thinking back at it, it's like, wait a minute, this is not helping. <laughs> when you start looking at cultures and, you know, communities as tribal, right? It's, it's, it was interesting. Right. So I look back at it now, but it definitely was ahead of its time as well. I have a question here for you, Billy, from Denver. Denver says, what is your favorite exorcism movies of all time? I'll let you go first. Clearly The Exorcist. I, I like it because it was my first introduction to what the heck this all meant. And so I... But, Nadine, would you consider Rosemary's Baby an exorcism? Yes, probably. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, Denver, for me, it's clearly the exorcism. You, Nadine? 
For me, it's not The Exorcist. For me, I like Stigmata, but believe it or not, I'm going to make this argument. Tell me what you think, Billy. Constantine. Oh, yeah. Constantine. Constantine is fighting demons. Yes, Constantine is fighting demons. Constantine is doing exorcisms. So I say, for me, it's Stigmata and Constantine with Keanu Reeves. And I know a lot of people give Keanu Reeves flack because they don't think he's a good actor. But I love that movie, and I love the I love that movie. I love the Constantine storyline uh, always, especially for the DC comics and stuff like that. But he's an exorcist. That's what he does, right? He fights demons, but he also does exorcisms. So I would say, for me, it's Stigmata and, and Constantine. I've completely forgot about Constantine. Okay, Denver, I take it back. Constantine, that was a great movie. And you know that, you know, DC, good job with that. And I will say, too, he is mirroring some of what is in Catholicism. There is a saint that is actually responsible for these exorcisms. So, you know, he's often not, you know, recognized, but he is sometimes celebrated. And so I think Constantine has something to do with that. There's a whole religious context that maybe we should look at in the future. But Denver, yeah, I'm with the team on this one. Sorry, Exorcist. Yes, I thought you were number one, but Constantine prevailed. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, the Dean, I got one for you. Um, this is from Unknown. Listen to this. My aunt said that she witnessed an, un- an exorcism performed on a family friend when she was a little girl and lived in Mexico. There was oh, wow. chanting, candles, a religious person who presided, and a few onlookers, family and close friends of the possessed. Would you guys care to bear witness to an exorcism? No, unless it's somebody that I know and care about, but I don't want to just go into a stranger's room, you know, house or anything and just watch an exorcism take place. Like there's, I don't want to be anywhere where there's any type of negative juju that I don't have to be. Um, If it's a family member, if it's somebody that I, I care about, a friend or something like that, then for the greater good, I will most definitely do that as a support system. But for an absolute stranger, no. I don't need that on me. What about you, Bill? <laughs> so what Nadine just said, folks, Nadine will be there for me if I am possessed, okay? <laughs> now, he may be in the other room. He may be out on the board somewhere. He may be outside in the backyard praying for me. Doesn't mean he'll be in the same room, okay? No, but seriously, I think that in, in that thought, um, I don't know if I want to witness something like that, although – because it's different when you're watching it on TV. I know it's fake. That's why we can deal with horror. I'm right. okay with watching the horror because I'm fully aware of reality. I Correct. know that this is not happening to me right now. Yeah, it may make Correct. me squirm. It may make me feel a little comfortable in the moment, but I get a rush off of that. Whereas some individuals, that may be extreme, and I'm okay with that. It's no different than some people liking to watch extreme um, graphic content online, right? And they post right. it on your social media. Now, I'm not okay with that because that's reality, and I know that happened very tragically to somebody. But right. because I know it's Hollywood film, I'm not so um, bothered because I know it's not real. But to see it happen, just like Nadim, I would, it depends on the circumstance and the connection I have with the person. Because then if I have to be part of the ritual, if I got to be there to fight for the, the good of it, then I'm there. I don't right. have a problem doing that because it's no different than me being in a time of need of anything else with someone we love. But I will tell you, it's not something we look forward to. I don't wake up every day thinking I want to do this. <laughs> and I don't think the team does either. <laughs> but right. we can't, you know, we're not poking fun at the unexplained. We're just acknowledging the possibilities. Absolutely. Have a question here from Sinister666. I know we talked about this a lot. 
says, what do you make of one of the greatest cinematic horror flicks of all time, The Exorcist? Thank you for your question, Sinister mm-hmm. 66. We've already kind of discussed it and mentioned that. I think we kind of let our, our feelings known about it. Great movie, ahead of its time, definitely. Um, as you're older now, you kind of peek behind the curtain, so the, you see a lot of those special effects and stuff now that you didn't see when the movie first came out. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely our classic. I think it's, a, it's an all-time great Sinister 666. I think it's a great film to celebrate, to have a good laugh, but also a good thought. Because at the end of the day, we, we see what's going on. Someone sacrificed, you know, you know, there was a sacrifice for this film. Not only the victim, but those who had to fight. They may lose their lives fighting for the good of God or for the or humanity. Now, here's something interesting about the film people don't know. I was looking on Instagram about um, two about two months ago, and I think it, I'm not really sure. One of the horror folks that we follow, Nadine, so I apologize if I can't recall, but this person showed actual um, live uh, um, photos of the scene or video photos of the scenes where scary movies took place. And they went to the steps where the, the priest fell. And mm-hmm. when he was possessed and then in, in, in the corner where he stood, that's the iconic corner that became the cover of the movie. They went yeah, to those cool. spots. And I thought that was, yeah, I thought it yeah. was so cool that they did that. And so I think it's just a great film because it had such dramatic impact, not only on America, but the world, folks. The world went crazy for this film. Right. And it right. grossed all, I mean, all, just as many people were so grossed moved. Remember, this was America, at least. It was a very conservative time. You know, there were times things were evolving, but we still were living under conservative viewpoints. And so religion prevailed a lot more then than it does today. And so as a result, people really looked down upon this. They weren't so favor favorable of it, right. which is why I like the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Any, listen, anything that pushes the envelope, I'm there. Uh, I have a question here. The last one I have on my side, Billy, is from Tim. Okay. Why do you think filmmakers decided to focus on exorcism in the past as well as in recent years? That's a really good question. I think the reason because so much, there are so many other things that we can use to stop monsters. Even if they're zombies, we got machetes, we got weapons can do something, maybe or maybe not. We get magic users. We get into a fantasy world. There are certain things that can or cannot work. There is a, there is a potion. There's something. There's a spell book. There's something, right? There's Wolvesbane. There's garlic for all the other entities that we can fight, and you know who they are. What's different here about exorcism is that it's so based in our now, and our now is so much more rele- removed in certain aspects from, from faith-based aspects. You have much of a population that is not as faith-based as you do have. In fact, maybe not as much faith-based as those who do, especially only when in times of need. So I think it makes for a great focus because if we're not careful and if more of these instances occur and those of us who are not as religious, where are we going to go? You know, is this a sign? Is this an indication? Maybe with the apostles were right. Maybe humanity needed to be saved from itself, from the evil. So I think it helps play and remind us of that, and it helps reinforce our own faith-based systems and how they play in our lives. I agree. I agree, and I think that, Tim, the reason why exorcisms are a focus in the past in films and in, in currently, and also not just films, but in books, quite a bit of books on exorcisms and, and, and novels and things like that, I think it's because it's something that's always relevant. I think it's something we don't hear about all the time, but is always in the background. 
I feel that mm. if you don't hear it doesn't mean that it's not occurring all the time. I feel that sometimes we just kind of ignore it or it's just in the back burner. But I think that just because we don't hear about it all the time doesn't mean that it's not happening all the time. Very true. Very, very true. And, folks, we're coming up on our last couple minutes. This is a quick one, Adeem, from Angelica. She wanted to know, have you heard of exorcisms in, exorcisms in the Caribbean? And so I could share just from my observation, yeah, there were, there were several. But then, see, that's where voodoo culture and, right, and, right, right. and, and, and tribal culture begins to clash. And so yeah. I'm not as well-versed, Angelica. I don't know if Adeem, you have anything to add on that. Well, I, I know that, well, in the Caribbean, we're talking about um, probably a lot of, uh, there is voodoo, obviously, there is um, santeria, you have those things going on as well, and so I don't know, or I couldn't tell you the specifics about those individual exorcisms and their processes, but I do know that obviously they're, as we discussed before, from culture to culture, the exorcisms uh, can change, and even within the Caribbean, even though a lot of the same culture is shared, and a lot of the same uh, belief systems are shared, there could still be a variety of different forms of exorcism, not any in particular, like Billy, not any that I'm uh, well-versed in either. I don't even know if, it, you know, I mentioned uh, voodoo and santeria. I could only assume that it exists within those cultures. And folks, we want to thank you for listening to our show. This has been in a dynamic hour, right, Nadim? It's been it's truly phenomenal. And we want to encourage you to listen to our next live podcast, which is on September 10th. Our topic is werewolves. And we're moving toward an interesting time of year, our favorite time of year, folks. So if you haven't checked out our schedule for the remainder of 2021, go to everydayfolksradio.com and click on our menu, our schedule. It's located under on news and podcasts. You'll see our 2021 Fright Talk schedule. We kept committed to that schedule this entire year. And we want to yeah. do so in the next year as well. So until September 10th, we want you to stay safe, stay scary, and continue uh-huh. to support and listen to, like Nadim says, we now have almost 30 hours, probably more than 30 hours now, of yeah. wonderful content. So you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, and yes, folks, there's a new one, Amazon Podcasts. We'll be also featuring our stuff very soon, too. Thank you all for a great evening, and Nadim, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, my friend. Stay spooky. Thank you.